Greetings, Earthlings. You have discovered the podcast, Why Are UFOs Top Secret? With expert Bob Bria. July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. We're back. We're back. And the UFOs are certainly back. Uh, I'm going to pick up um, where I left off uh, on the last uh, episode. We were talking about um, ET and national security and the fate of the Earth. And... uh, to pick up on those uh, three topics um, and why I chose to put them as a episode title is because <clears throat> this is a no-nonsense uh, subject. The government takes this subject extensively uh, under their wing. They are very deeply involved in the uh, well, in keeping this subject from uh, being known by the general public. And uh, the more I, I spend time looking at that uh, theory, I, I realize that uh, they are doing just what uh, I suspect they're doing, and that is uh, they're telling lies. Uh, they uh, are keeping this subject under close wraps because I think they may not, they may not know what the intentions of these uh, creatures want here. And so it became uh, a national security issue because uh, naturally if uh, E.T. made themselves known and uh, just opened up their arms to uh, uh, a big, uh, how would you say, a ceremony to uh, welcome uh, earthlings to the ceremony of uh, joining the uh, colonies of other planets out there and you know, it, it just seems like, oh, that would be the way that it would go. But no, this is entering a secrecy level. And uh, that's why the the fate of the Earth could be at stake because of certain clues that point in that direction. And those clues are, why are they concerned about nuclear weapons on our planet? If they come from some planet millions of miles away, why would they have an interest in the way we handle this kind of technology? Unless it has an effect on their survival. So I started to formulate formulate some ideas on what could possibly affect another civilization out in space from our points of view. I mean, we're we're so far away from these uh, other planets, there's no way that we could influence their their society unless there is something that does influence uh, 
And uh, when you think about the power of these bombs that Earthlings started to detonate in the development of the atomic bomb, uh, some of them were exploding at uh, different uh, explosive uh, levels, and certain certain bombs were smaller, and they had to figure out which which detonation level was appropriate for the use that they were going to use it for during the war. And uh, who knows if if it uh, it wakes people up, you know, at night. As I would say, you know, if you if you if you're trying to get a good night's sleep and somebody's uh, running uh, some noisy machinery outside your front door, you're not going to get a good night's sleep. And so, you know, if if Earth Earth started detonating these these weapons in uh, a test stage, and uh, they monitored the uh, the results of these detonations. You know, uh, from from what I've come across in in reading, uh, we, we detonated uh, quite a bit of these uh, explosive devices, and uh, it, it, it could ring a doorbell out there. You know, our technology is is at a point where we 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 find out that uh, volcanoes are going off on uh, uh, planets in in space and Jupiter, and and. I, I just imagine a, a technology that could be thousands of years older than ours would have an ability to detect little bombs going off on uh, one planet or another. And that would uh, maybe uh, affect their orbital positions in space. Maybe maybe the detonations uh, affect the, uh, the, the, the way planets rotate. Um, you know who knows? I mean, when we did, did started detonating these bombs, uh, uh, we were in a, a new area. You know, I mean, uh, this this uh, detonation of uh, an atomic bomb created also radioactivity, and the radioactivity is uh, another complicated uh, aspect of these weapons because um, when when the bomb is affecting. The Earth, it, it, it puts the Earth at a disadvantage. It doesn't, uh, it can't be inhabited for, for a long time. And uh, once we started detonating these uh, bombs uh, during World War II, we had to confine them to non-nuclear uh, detonations. The only two nuclear uh, bombs or atomic bombs were the ones that were dropped over Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But uh, the the other bombs that were going off during World War II were just were just detonations of uh, regular uh, explosives. <laughs> How would you say? Would you call those uh, regular uh, uh, regular bombs? <laughs> yeah, just the regular regular bombs that aren't so dangerous, but they're all dangerous. Just that the nuclear bombs were just extraordinarily dangerous. Well, when you think of chain reactions. How far could they go? Yeah, I mean, uh, you could trigger a uh, a chain reaction, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they obviously know more about it than us. Yeah, especially if you believe, you know, Carl Sagan. Well, the man was uh, quite smart, and uh, he had a lot to uh, say, and uh, 
you in know. fact, in fact, I came across a book of his that uh, based on his thesis mm-hmm. when he was uh, in college, and uh, he seemed to uh, talk a lot about the Sumerian text and the uh, the Anunnaki, and uh, he seemed to follow. Uh, Eric von Daniken's theory almost. I, I was quite surprised when I, when I read his uh, thesis at uh, school at Stanford. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he became very involved in the government and uh, he created a, uh, a plaque for the, uh, I think it was the, uh, what was that satellite that had that plaque that he developed for? It had a, uh, an explanation of humanity on it. You remember that uh, plaque that he developed for the Pioneer uh, satellite? You told me about it. Though. <laughs> yeah, I think it was that. I think it was the Pioneer uh, satellite. But uh, he uh, he developed this uh, plaque that uh, that explained uh, humanity in a, in, a, in a sort of nutshell, explaining our our interest in music and our interest in math and our interest in language and and this was in a consolidated. Uh, way put on a, on a, on a piece of, uh, material that was put on a, a spacecraft and was supposed to be picked up by some extraterrestrial civilization somewhere in the future. And that they would understand that there was life on the third planet from the sun. <laughs> uh, who knows if that actually worked? <laughs> you know, we, uh, we, we're sending out, uh, the telescope, uh, that we have uh, put out recently, I think it was the mm-hmm. Webb t- telescope. Mm-hmm. And that now is uh, going to give our, uh, our technicians, uh, you know, a lot of new information on the, uh, the cosmos. And uh, w- this is uh, coming from our technology based on, you know, 20, 21st century uh, technology. I, I, I try to think of what a, what a technology would be in, another thousand years how, how they would be looking for uh, so i i got a good quote. a doorbell you know to be rang i got a good quote by uh carl Sagan here. you might imagine an uncharitable extraterrestrial observer looking down on our species with us excitedly chattering the universe is created for us you know like we say on earth like we think on earth maybe or mm-hmm. it's just a tendency right mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of human nature too but we're at the center. Everything pays homage to us and concluding that our pretensions are amusing. So the aliens are concluding that our pretensions are amusing, our aspirations pathetic, and that this must be the planet of the idiots. <laughs> That's a quote <laughs> by Carl Sagan. <laughs> so, you know, in other words, we are not alone. And we are in, as uh, Stanton Friedman used to say, the, we are in the kindergarten hmm. of technology. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, what the, cons- you have to consider how massive the universe is. If we're an anomaly, there's many others. There's several others out there. There has to be. Mm-hmm. So were they created at the same time, or did they come into existence at the same time? Simultaneously? Or were no. they millions and billions of years before and after like he said like so carl sagan has said many times given enough time anything is possible and if the if the universe is truly infinite in in its existence and and gauging trying to gauge how old it is 
there's no way to do it because if there is no beginning and no end, right, it's useless to try to. <laughs> how long would how long will it take us to, to gain this knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I fall into that 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 category where I I accept the fact that the universe is infinite, and that the space that it is it's occupying with planets and asteroids and stars and it's just it's just mind-boggling and uh yeah we try to uh, we try to uh, come up with a theory uh the uh our um, astronomers come up with theories called the big bang theory and then they came up with the steady state theory and uh both of them are interesting uh, they uh provide a great uh, discussion but um mm -hmm. if or if the universe has continually been in existence forever uh, and uh, it, it's just uh, not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna get any uh where with uh trying to figure out where it came from you know if it's always been there <laughs> yeah well I, I, yeah. I just wonder how much evidence is on this earth about about what's happened in the past. I mean, look at the that's what's so enchanting about the the whole ancient astronauts and Yeah, the ancient astronaut theory ties in so well with the ET uh theory of uh visitation and uh occupation because um the the TV show that's been on for the last uh I think 10 years now, the ancient uh Alien show uh, has a, a great crew of uh, investigators to, who partake in the uh, in the theory that Von Daniken's uh, books are based on uh, evidence. Uh, they did a show about a week or two ago, which was quite interesting. Uh, they took uh, a camera crew with them to specific places around the world that had uh, massive blocks of stone that were put together in such a fashion that uh, they defy explanation. You know, uh, a place called Sasayawaman in uh, South America has walls with massive megalithic blocks that uh, d defy any any explanation of how they were moved because they're not they're not bricks that are poured into a mold and are perfectly formatted right. they're, they're stone concrete blocks made out of uh, granite and some of it's volcanic some of it's not some of it's made out of ball site uh different rocks and some of it is cut in such a way that it defies explanation uh uh the the uh the, the walls in Sasayawaman are put together in such a fashion, it's almost as though they were wet and soft before they were hard. Because the, the, the stone has so many angles. And the one next to it are fused perfectly together. Yeah, but with no not, mortar. But they're not perfectly square. They're, they're, right, they're random all, and right, angular. Right. They're not like a, a 90 degree angle or 45 degree they're, angle they're, they're raw rock however it got chipped yeah it's almost like a, like a, like they were soft and then they became hard once they were set mm -hmm. and um they took this camera crew and uh, they filmed 
these these stones close up so you could see the the real the significance of how close they were put together without the mortar and then then the camera crew is now transported over to uh places in in uh, egypt and in um other areas, uh, which I can't rec- recall at the second right now, but mm-hmm. they have all similar construction techniques. And we didn't have any uh, airplanes flying around back then, you know. And uh, uh, how did this information get transported across the oceans? I mean, just the pyramids themselves, there's a, some pretty sound theories of technology yeah. that, it, that it holds even is a transmitter itself of sorts in the way that the water could have been used as a catalyst yeah i mean the theories that have been energy of the i guess i don't know i don't know exactly how it works the the pyramids have had so many theories connected to them that uh you know we're still we're still amazed at at what they offer you know uh, we know they had uh, they figured out the chemicals for breaking down metals and things like that. Yeah, and, and they also show signs of uh, being a generator of a, a type that it, it harnessed energy, and uh, the actual structure itself was covered in in a in a in a covering of what they call orchierm, was almost like gold, like a liquid gold, and these and these pyramids at their peak were, were shiny. And you can see them from miles away. And they also are in the centers of the landmass, too, of the Earth, which is very extraordinary if we, if we want to analyze how that could happen. How, how did anybody know where the landmasses were at that time, Ten, you know, 5,000 years ago? I mean, do um, we, they got a drone off Amazon? <laughs> yeah, we wish. <laughs> the... Uh, the, the pyramids uh, have also been, uh, you know, uh, uh, the subject of tremendous uh, ET influence because of their, the, uh, the principles of uh, construction are just not normal. Uh, they've tried to calculate how long it would take to build the Great Pyramid in Giza, which uh, would have to be uh, placing a stone into place Every ninety seconds, that means that the 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 million or two million stone blocks in that structure would have to be cut and set every ninety seconds or a minute. Every minute, it would take over twenty years. And, and well, yeah, because it it came from the the stone came from two hundred miles away. Yeah, two hundred miles and away, and there's no place uh, to transport. They didn't have any rail, any railroads, and uh, they didn't have any cranes. So the, the theory was that they dragged them on, on logs and trees, but there's not enough trees to, to, to supply all those stones with a, a roller mechanism, you know, and the, stone, and the stones would crush the, the log. Yeah, if they I mean, they've tried, to, they've tried to recreate some things like that. Yeah, because they, they got nowhere, but they tried to come yeah. up with a theory. So it, then it, it all seems to boil back down to uh, – a civilization that existed that had a, a technology that uh, was superior to ours. Uh, when you bring back people in the business of masonry and dealing with large uh, substances like like stone, they, they scratch their head when they when they try to calculate what it would be 
needed to to move these stones, you know, in in an era when t- when uh, society was primitive, you know. Uh, there's a there's an island off the coast of uh, uh, the Philippines, uh, and they have these um, they have these stones that are sitting out in the oh, Pacific. Yeah, the 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 big. They're megaliths, I think. Yeah, and, and they're volcanic, and they were taken off of a, a cliff. And aren't they in the shape of faces? They're big faces. Oh, right? that's the Easter Island oh, I'm talking okay. about. Oh, that's another problem over there. <laughs> <laughs> Who put those things up? Um, but, no, this place called, uh, what the heck is the name of that? Um, oh, the name slips my mind right at the moment. But um, it, it it's, it's full with these rocks that are just – they can't figure out how they were moved because they were they're so I mean, heavy with no cranes available on the island uh, how did they move them from you know 20 miles away and and uh, the natives say that they were they they floated there you know they they flew into place which is is a, is a joke because not, you know rocks don't fly you know unless uh, they were flown in yeah unless they were <laughs> flown in <laughs> but uh the the subject of uh, ET and the involvement of mankind uh, could be connected. Uh, not that ET back then was the same ET that has penetrated us so a system today. You got you got to look at the uh, the latest images from the Webb Telescope, the Southern Ring Nebula. Yeah. Oh, I've seen <laughs> that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really something beautiful. The uh, it's kind of. Mis- mysterious and I don't know, mystic. <laughs> well, it has so much color, and it's it's you know it's it's just it's interesting to look at it because mm-hmm. you know it's it's just amazing. Almost the solar like system and the colors that are, that are out there. I wonder if we're getting to see every picture they take. <laughs> so back what I was just saying a minute ago, the ET that that come that came to Earth thousands of years ago looked like you and I. The ET that has come here uh, during the last century uh, were from someplace else. Hmm. And they're called ET too because they're extraterrestrial. But apparently the government, uh, our government, does not want that information to be shared with the public. So it's classified top secret and uh, it has stayed top secret since the 40s even though they keep coming out with stories that they're watching these craft and they've given them new names like uh, what was it what was the new name that they've given to UFO it's a EAP or UAP yeah oh that's right you moved on from UAP UAP, Unidentified <laughs> Aerial Phenomenon. Yeah, that's that, w- that was the last uh, name they got. But these, these names that they attribute to these objects are just a continuation of the monitoring system d- that the U.S. Uh, Defense Department is, is giving to this subject. Uh, the, the, when the Majestic 12 papers became exposed and... Uh, checked out by various investigators uh, the, the 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 name mj-12 has been found in many papers that have been um requested by uh p- 
people who have looked for inf information from the uh, government uh, through the Freedom of Information Act request uh, procedure, and a lot of information has uh, peaked through that process and has, has uh, shown that there is an MJ-12, even though they continually say that there is no such thing. And uh, that's the, that's the, that just shows you how uh, important the secrecy is on this particular subject and why it's been criticized as a joke. And they, um, they slapped this uh, conspiracy uh, title onto people who report these things. But uh, when, when, a, uh, when an object is involved in a uh, crash, they have a whole procedure uh, uh, set it forth to recover this this craft, and uh, you don't find much of that information in, in papers today. But when the uh, the S O M hmm. manual was released and supported the evidence that was in the initial Eisenhower briefing document, everything seemed to coordinate a a, a very slick cover up. And uh, I, I'm still convinced that, uh, that, that the public is not going to be told about it until they need to. That's what's so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of significant that they did release a couple of videos. The triangle green pulsing unexplained. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I, I don't think they classify them as UAPs, did they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, they, they would just, they uh, just write it off as some uh, reflection of uh, I guess off they the glass. Did, whatever. But they decided to release those and actually make them public, even though they're still yet unexplained or under not understood yet what those were. Yeah, but the excitement that those pilots exhibited when they saw these objects are quite extraordinary because uh, – I have a, a pilot that's in my family, and uh, he, uh, when he heard that, uh, he said that uh, they must have seen something because uh, they wouldn't have been that excited. They uh, pilots uh, don't; uh, it's not uh, that kind of job where you get, uh, you know. Good evening, passengers. Sit back and relax. We've got the flight. We've got passing. <laughs> We've got visitors. You know. <laughs> I don't think they'd be announcing that. <laughs> yeah, sit back and so. enjoy it. We're going to be on a long journey. You want to scare the heck out of them, right? <laughs> but, I, you know, again, there's also, is would it be a good thing to for everybody to know? No, we're a not, lot of we're times. We're not making a judgment on that. A lot of times <laughs> I, I, I speak to people who just can't conceive that we, we uh, our government could hold this subject quiet this long and i said well yes they can they can they and have that was their answer to release these two little videos that we keep seeing over and over and making new announcement on the same two videos yeah. right right now we get to watch them backwards and forwards as well and uh, <laughs> slow-mo and yeah well what, the pilots are the ones that that really convinced me in the early days of uh, my uh, interest in this subject uh the pilots descriptions from different uh, airlines, private and military. Yeah, when you think about it, like, okay, 
you're reading it in the newspaper, such and such had a sighting, so and so had a sighting. You don't know what you if that's true or not. Yeah. They're pilots are not random people. And and especially the organization uh NICAP back in the sixties, which was a private UFO organization, was a big concern to uh <laughs> of all people the CIA because they didn't like this this civilian group promoting this subject when they're trying to deny it. Uh, but what NICAP did is accumulate all the pilot sightings and put them in a book. Mm-hmm. And so that book became uh, <laughs> pretty hey, we, interesting. I mean, at least on one episode, we have we have gone through that book. Yes. Um, so you can look back in the, in the archives there, folks. Yes. But which we, is a favorite we, of ours, the pilot accounts. We, we will come across that again because it's uh, of great interest uh, in, the, in the way the pilots describe what they see. So the, the variations of the way that their descriptions uh, uh, coincide with other pilots, you can see that they're definitely talking about something that's not normal. Mm. You know? And they specifically mentioned the zigzagging of the, of the object. And that that zigzagging motion is the is the really the thing that uh, can really trigger You're your right. emotion. Like Zorro. Yeah, you see <laughs> something like, zigzagging in the sky, you're going to be uh, uh, stimulated to continue looking at it because it's going <laughs> to grab your attention. And when a pilot sees something like that zigging, they're going to get extremely uh, excited about it because they don't want to crash into it. Number one and uh, they want to report it to their air traffic controllers. So I haven't know. talked about it much, but yes, I have seen it myself. This oh yes, you did. That's right. You did mention that on to a me. camping trip with my family. So I wasn't the only one. Oh, you're not alone, Bob. I have <laughs> never seen anything like it before or since. Well, and I haven't been as lucky as you. It seemed like hundred miles zigzags in a split second, and there was four or five of them. So. <laughs> Those are the things I look for, and uh, I've been looking for these uh, objects for years, and I still haven't seen anything. But I do look, and I know they're up but, there. Yeah, you know, you've got a lot of proof sitting around. I have a lot of evidence, <laughs> and uh, that that evidence keeps me updated because I review it, and I see that the interest that the military had back in the fifties was so great, and that today you don't hear any real significant interest in it. It's almost like, oh, it was interesting then, but now it's not interesting. But we're still looking at it. So why are you looking at it if it's not it's not true? I mean it's, the the contradictions are hilarious. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna cover this in the next and uh, they're documented. Uh, yeah. Yes, and they're documented. Uh I will uh, get back to this on our next episode and we're gonna sign off today. And I'm going to have something to eat. And wish you a happy Halloween. That's right. Don't get spooked out. But. Dress as an alien. You know, the the coolest outfit is that little, you know, you put on the, it's like a nylon thing. And I don't know if they poof some air into it or it holds yeah. air. You blow it up and the alien is like carrying the person. Oh. But it's really just one person in there. Oh, you mean like this? Those look so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Something like that. But that <laughs> one looks more authentic and scarier. I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking about the kids thing here. Thank you, everyone. UFO's Top Secret, signing off. Take care. Sayonara. Sayonara.